I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Today, I want to welcome Jerry McNamara. Jerry has led five companies in five different industries in B2B and B2C in both products and services. You know what? I think that covers the gamut. So um, (laughs) his companies have been recognized as franchise 500, uh, franchise 500 two times, Inc's fastest growing two times, Business Journal's fast 50 three times, and Trend Magazine's best places to work. Jerry runs Proven Chaos, a company driven to help CEOs create compelling companies that outperform and still make it home for dinner. It's that last part that's so critical. Jerry also runs the Best Places to Lead show. And I would suspect part of the reason he does that is Jerry has set a mission to positively impact 5 million people in five years through better businesses. Jerry, welcome. Frank, thanks for having me. This is going to be a super fun conversation. I mean, your story is extraordinary. So, uh, you know, I love having conversations that are peer-to-peer and uh, just sharing, you know, experiences that we've learned along the way. So thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's a delight. And I, you know, I'm I'm looking at my notes and I'm just trying to figure out where to start. But it, it seems like we need to go back to 16. Actually, maybe let's back up one year. Mm-hmm. Let's tell me, tell us, what was your life like between your 15th and 16th birthday? Well, well, geez, um, puberty is a, a fun, real, real fun time as you're starting to learn things and, uh, you know, have acne and try and figure out the world and girls and all those fun things. Uh, but, you know, like many people, uh, you know, in the United States, I'm, I grew up in a broken home, uh, you know, with two parents that, uh, you know, were sick. And, you know, I ended up leaving home at 16 uh, after going through rehab five different times with my mom. And I didn't really see my mom from the time I was 16 until I was 31 or 32 um, when she was uh, dying of liver failure. And you know, that was a seminal experience for me. Uh, I learned a lot about community, about love and loving, care and caring, and that um, family is where you feel comfortable. Uh, And so I I say that all the time. I I have the biggest family in the world because uh, of those attributes. You know, let's back up because there's something I want to make sure we don't gloss over. I mean, there are people in their 30s living in their, their parents' basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, who haven't found the boldness to go out and and start their own life? You left at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just thinking about that 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 kind of scares me. 
you know, as a parent, of course, there's fear. Sure. But there's a lot of uncertainty at 16. I mean, what what was going on that that so compelled you that that was the most logical choice for you to make? Oh, um, so I have shared this story before. I don't share it very often, but, um, you know, I was in a situation where, uh, you know, my mom, who was wonderful when she was mom, but really difficult when she was Sandy the alcoholic. And I was having a an experience with her, um, you know, a verbal altercation and I had a baseball bat in my hand and my mom was asking me to hit her with baseball bat. And I remember swinging as hard as I could, Craig. And to this day, I am so thankful that I swung at the bed and didn't swing at my mom. And I literally laid that bat down and I thought, I am not going to jail for the rest of my life because of this difficult situation. And uh, that was when I just decided I needed to save myself, um, you know, uh, because sometimes you want more for other people than they want for themselves. And so I, I learned an important lesson in that. And that's that I'm only 50% of any relationship. Now I'm going to own my 100% of my side. But if I want more for you than you want for yourself, then I can't help you. And so you have to come forward to the table. And um, so it was that moment where I just thought, okay, <laughs> time to walk around the hole. And, you know, having gone through uh, rehab an, a number of times, one of the things that they, they talk about is, you know, this analogy of someone walking down the sidewalk and falling in the same hole again and again and again and having the difficulty of having to pull themselves out and eventually you get to the edge of the hole and you've learned enough times that it's time to walk around the hole and continue on and so uh that was the state that i was in at that point in time i mean i just <clears throat> i mean there's so much of that scene i'm just trying still trying to get my head around mm -hmm. i mean that is that's heavy. I mean, and, and, you know, I just spent two days in mastermind with, uh, with other business owners and, and we were just talking about challenges and, you know, challenges in the economy and what have you. That's a challenge that's on a whole nother level that I don't even, I don't even think about. Um, yeah, I, I say this all the time. My, my favorite word in the English language is perspective. And I really believe that the deeper and wider perspective that you can intentionally cultivate the better the quality of your life and so uh i've i've had a lot of fun and 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 success and i'm grateful for that for being in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right opportunity but i've also um you know been in the deep valley and been you know geez um how could the two people who should love me the most um not be in positions to love themselves let alone to love me in the way that um that they needed to and so, you know, I had to grow up pretty fast. I was, I was lucky to be in the right community. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't make comparisons about challenges because people's challenges are unique unto themselves. And so for you, you just overcame a massive challenge. You're still, you know, 80 to 85% of the way back. I, I, I think comparisons, the, the thief of joy, but Challenges are real to people. And, you know, I say this all the time. I, I hire from the scratch and denial uh, in business because um, business is hard. And I want people that have had difficult things to happen them in their life and figured a way to, out the other side. And so 
I certainly would not wish upon my worst enemy um, some of the difficult things that happened to me, but um, I sure am glad they happened to me because it made me the person that I am. I'm very joyful and, and grateful for the life that I have, for my family, for my friends, for the people that I serve. And uh, I don't know if, if I grew up in a white gloved uh, family, that I would be the same person. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, troubling at times, challenging at times, but uh, I'm sure glad it happened to me. You know, one of the things I've noticed in, in children of alcoholic parents is as a general rule, not an absolute rule, but as a general rule, they have intuition at a level that I just absolutely envy. And I see it sort of as the, you know, the flower rising out of the ashes of the despair. But do you feel that about yourself, that you have strong intuition? Totally. You, 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 you pay attention to everything differently because I never knew what situation I was walking into at any given moment. And so I was highly intuitive to say, okay, I see these things. I, I, I see the way the door has not been closed 100%. Like, there are, uh, I call it spidey sense, right? There are um, spidey senses that I have developed um, just in, in interacting with people, how they're showing up, how they're distracted. And if you lean into that and you're willing to have interesting conversations with people, um, boy, it matters because people see that you see them showing up both positively and in ways that they might need some some help and some guidance and some hugs along the way. Um, I, I remember a, a situation. Uh, I was working out at a at a gym and and there was a woman that I had come to know there. I didn't know her very well, but I um, she said I could just sense there was something off with her. And I I went over to her and I said, "Are you okay?" There there's a there's a there's a look of of worry and just anxiety on your face and, and and she looked at me and she said my mother was involved in a in a hurricane and we haven't heard from her she lived in the caribbean mm. she haven't heard from her in two days and i'm very worried she she was moved to tears that I, that i saw that in her and that i had the courage to say i see you and I think sometimes leaders miss the mark because we don't want to create awkward situations. But wait, isn't it a miss on the human condition not to acknowledge people and say, I just see something in you that's just not 100% right? Um, I think that's a gift. And But to, to your point, yes, uh, I think I do see the world a little bit differently than other people. Well, and in, in, in that is a lesson. You know, you were talking earlier about comparison. You know, it's easy to compare in, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And I would say in any situation that you're you're in, the some of the things that you hate the most about the situation, if you look at it right, are gold mines, are gold mines of opportunity. And for you, in just a horrible situation, I would say... Um, you know, you, you've mentioned God a couple of times. I don't believe that's the situation God wanted you to grow up in, but mm -hmm. that's the one you grew up in and it gave you this unique ability. Yeah, I, I say this all the time. It, it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. 
And that's not to say that, you know, oh, geez, great, that should happen for everyone. But I was I was lucky. I was identified as an at-risk kid. Um, someone, one of my friends, <laughs> I don't know who it was, told that I was going through a difficult time. And so I, I saw the school counselor every week and, you know, did that in a, in a counseling environment. And, you know, it, it's very easy to have moments where you say, why me? Why is this happening to me? And Ellen Schenken said to me, why not you? I go, shit, <laughs> you're right. Why not me? Right. And so the grit and the resilience and all of those things got me to a place of, wow, all of these things happened for me. And we're not, none of us are exempt from the risk of hard things happening to us or, or, you know, I'm 49. I'm more than halfway through my life, statistically speaking, right? But nothing's guaranteed, right? Accidents happen all the time. And so I think it's an, an imperative for us to show up with conscious intention and a joyful, grateful heart to go make the impact that you want to go make. You have to live your life on your terms. That is your responsibility. That's what I've learned in that difficulty to say, great, how do I serve the world? How do I make an impact? Because, you know, I think one of our responsibilities is to be a good descendant. My kids do not know my grandparents. They're great grandparents. They don't, they never met them. They don't know their names. And so in about two generations, no one's going to know my name. But you know what? I'm not going to take on hedonistic uh, tendencies to satisfy whatever my wants of the world are at the cost of being a good descendant. And so I want to make good choices and leave the world a better place for my kids' kids and their kids. And that's a good legacy that I think you should leave. I love that. I absolutely love that. One of the things that you said, so when you were going through all this, you mentioned the importance of community. Totally. And so what was your community and how did that help you in that, in that era? Hmm. Well, first of all, I think community is everything. Community is connection. Community gives life meaning, right? Because I think sometimes people think we do life alone. We don't do life alone. Um, and so you just have to say, um, who are the people around me? Who is my tribe? And really for me, that's values alignment and impact alignment. You know, what's the dent that I'm going to try and go make in the world? For me, it's you know, a better world through a better business, because I think that's the skill set that, you know, the world gave me. And so I'm going to try and go do that. But um, I don't know, isn't life just more fun together? When you look up, when are you having the most fun? It's when you're doing challenging things, when you feel like you're doing aligned work and you're doing it with people that you love. And so, um, yeah. I just, I think that's a core piece that when you lose community, I think that's when you start to lose hope and that's when bad things happen. Mm. So for business leaders, mm -hmm. what type of communities do you recommend? 
What do you recommend? How do you find it? Yeah. So for you, you just came back from a mastermind, right? And I, I, yeah. was, I was just looking this up. It's somewhere on my, on my personal blog. And I said that the biggest mistake that I made as a senior leader in business was that I had never gotten a business mentor, a business coach, or a business roundtable. And I think that's a great place to start to minimize, I'm in this alone. I have the imposter syndrome. There's other really talented, really capable people who are going through the same exact things as you. And I believe it, we're better together. And if you can just get out of this place where your ego gets in the way, the ego is the enemy. I love Ryan Holiday's book, The Ego is the Enemy. I mean, when you start thinking about, you know, how does this impact me versus how does it impact the company or, you know, the community? I think you've lost your way a little bit. And so, yeah, find, find people around you. I mean, one of the things that, that I do is every Thursday, so later on today, from two to three o'clock, I run office hours. And it's it's a free, come as you are, come as you can. We've had like 300 people, 397 people come since November, 2019, since I've been doing it. And it's just the opportunity to come in and say, hey, I have this hard thing going on. Do you have any ideas for me? And you get not only me, but whoever's there that day, you know, usually there's five to 12, 15 people that show up. But there's lots of different communities, whether it's your church community, whether it's your volleyball league, whether it's your business association, you have to have people around you to live a life of meaning. Yeah. You know, the person who leads our mastermind, one of the things that he says, every mastermind, he said, he says, the answer is in the room. Whatever yeah. problem you're facing, the answer is in this room. He's not saying he has the answer. That's right. He's saying somebody in that room has the answer to whatever you're facing. And it sounds like th that's that's what I hear you talking about. In, in all things, right? Because what happens is, oh, hey, I know a guy, right? Which is, you know, how it always started for me. And it was my wife's idea. I give my wife all, all the credit and all the things. Because, you know, people would say, oh, I know this guy, Jerry, probably can help you. And I'd get the, you know, hey, do you have five minutes, which it's never five minutes. So she said, why don't you just put like make an hour in your week and allow everyone to come during that hour. And, you know, we've have we have now have a core group of people who show up on a regular basis. Um, some just swing in for, for a session, but I don't always have the answer. And, you know, over the last four years, Craig, the fun part about it is it, you, the communications used to come through me. Now, you know, Ryan DeMent is talking to Isaiah Rosick and Nathan is talking to Kim Bach. And I mean, those are the fun things that happen where the community sustains and nourishes itself. You just happen to be the connector and the platform for it. And that is an amazing service. It is so humbling for sure. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're running out of time, but there's, there's two things I want to make sure we cover. Sure. Before we wrap up. One of the things that you said was, you know, you talked about the, you know, uh, situation with your mom, but you said later in life, you reconciled mm. and you experienced true forgiveness. Can you tell me what that means? 
Yeah. So for me, I experienced forgiveness at two levels, right? One was when I realized that I had to release myself from the burden that I was carrying. It was, it was too heavy to walk. And so I had to offload that. And so I, I, I wrote my mom a letter and, and told her that I, I forgived her and uh, forgave her. And, and um, boy, that was, that was a moment of release for me. And then a second moment came when my mom really acknowledged um, her actions and the impact. And, you know, we had a really great, man, emotional moment. And that was like, it all just fell away. You know, my mom was a fallible human being, just like I am, Craig. Let me raise my hand. I'm not a perfect human being. I have made so many mistakes over the course of my life. And so, you know, it's just that moment where you say, it's okay. Neither of us have to have this burden because it's not serving us. And I say this all the time. If our thoughts, our feelings, or our actions aren't serving you, change them. You're the only person that can. And so I had that moment of, you know, the next level of true, what I call true forgiveness. It didn't matter. Everything that we had happened was in the rearview mirror. And we had this just beautiful life together in the front windshield that we, I mean, no one did more with their, their, you know, Willy Wonka's golden ticket to life than my mom did. It was amazing. She got to see me get married. She got to see my two kids, all incredible things because I was open to rekindling a relationship and having forgiveness. Because again, you know, if all of us are judged on our worst days or our worst moments, none of us stand up. None of us. And so we all have to be on bent knee and say, I missed the mark there. I'm, I'm really, Craig, I'm really sorry that that happened. That's not how I aim to show up as a human being. And then we have to be owners of our side of the relationship to say, yeah, I'm a fallible human being too. And I'm doing the best that I can too. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's, it's both tender and, and powerful. It's, um, and I think, and I, I can speak for myself, the, there are relationships in my life that I'm trying to figure out what forgiveness looks like and, and, and how to put that to work. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. And so I hope people take um, inspiration from your story that <clears throat> because you had a lot to forgive, uh, but how powerful that forgiveness was in your life. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, for me, if I can share, I mean, I did a lot of work on myself and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up and bringing conscious intention. I just didn't float like a leaf, you know, in the wind. It was like, no, no, no. Here's the type of person that I want to be. Here's how I want to show up. I mean, I, I think about things in terminal states. So I'm very clear about what I want people to say at my funeral, what they want, what I want them to say to my kids and to my wife. And boy, I couldn't be the person that I wanted to be if I held on to that frustration, that disappointment, that anger, all of those, all of those things that go along with broken relationships. And so, I don't know, I, I just ask people who, who are holding on to those things, how's it working out for you? Yeah, because you can't be your best. I could not be my best until I could get to a place of peace 
to say, my mom was doing the best that she could. And, you know, in societal norms and expectations, you know, it wasn't great. But when my mom was, you know, healthy and great, there was no one better than my mom. I mean, no one. Everyone loved my mom. And so I just, I, I, I remind people that if it's not working out for you, then, then change it. Have the hard conversations. I held my mom's hand so many times. You know, two, two bouts of lung cancer, a heart valve replacement, multiple skin cancers. I mean, you name it, my mom, 12 inches of a bowel taken out. We used to call her the ox. Mm. So um, say what you need to say, if not for them, for you. So that you can own your 50%. I only own 50% of our relationship today. Right. I came prepared. I was ready for it. I was going to own 100% of my 50%. Now, if you didn't want to have a great time, then we weren't going to have a great time because I'm only 50%. So when you look up, my mom wasn't ready to own her 50% of the relationship at a certain part of our life. And then she did. And it was wonderful and it was magical. But you have to just own your 50%. That is such great advice. You know, Jerry, we, I, I could go in for another hour. I easily could. This has been so amazing. Uh, I think you have so much wisdom to share with people. Uh, obviously, one of the places they can capture some of this wisdom is your show, Best Places to Lead. How else can people reach you? I think that uh, the two best places are to go to provenchaos.com, uh, our website. And if you ever want to come to Office Hours, Craig, I'd invite you to come to Office Hours. It's a fun group. Uh, every Thursday, 2 to 3 o'clock Eastern Time, you can see the link at the top of that page. And we're pretty active over on LinkedIn. So if you just uh, search my name, Jerry McNamara, um, you'll find me uh, on there as well. Well, that's great. Uh, Jerry, I do hope people reach out to you. I do hope they show up for Office Hours. Uh, thank you for coming to Leaders and Legacies, and thank you especially for your commitment to impact 5 million lives in the next five years. I believe you're going to, based on our conversation today, I believe you're going to pass that. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I appreciate you. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me, it means a lot to my team. If you wanna know more, please go to alliesforme.com uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.